1: Donovan in the lane, looking around. In spite of spin, step back, 18-footer, good, and a foul! Donovan Mitchell with a little showtime right there. Ingles has 22 now to lead the Jazz. Joe will just step into a deep three and rip the cords. Joe Ingles goes Dane Lillard, and the Jazz are up 11.
2: Well, the Utah Jazz hit a bunch of three-pointers. That team that can shoot 40% from three was back. And they were going against a grizzly team that routinely plays close games and does not win them in the bubble. And guess what? Played another relatively close game and did not win it in the bubble. And PK, all is right with the Jazz again. Victory makes people feel so good.
3: Uh, Victory is always good, that's for sure. Winning is what it's about. That's what you're looking for. And it was a complete team effort, the team that they have. They don't really have a good team in terms of beyond six guys, but those six guys did what they needed to do. The starting lineup was absolutely sensational, particularly with shooting, obviously.
2: And they defended there for a while at the end of the half And a game in which it looked like, wow, they're starting to dig a hole here. Is this going to be a problem? And instead, a 20 22-1 Twenty-two to one run, twenty-five to three to end the half. That uh, I think that left everyone feeling more comfortable because they never got in a big hole after that. Even though they did have a, a couple of periods where they didn't play very well.
3: They should beat a team like Memphis. They should beat a team like New Orleans, and that's exactly what they've done.
2: Yeah, they 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 played four teams. Of those four, the two that are better, they lost. The two that are worse, they beat them. Got a back-to-back coming up now. They'll be back in action tomorrow against the Spurs, and then they'll play again Saturday too. DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: NBA. I really don't think the basketball community are sad about
3: losing his viewership, him viewing the game. If we continue to talk about, what we want you know better, uh, won't change. We have an opportunity to do that, so the game will will go on without without his eyes on it
2: uh, I, I can sit here and speak for all of us that love the game of basketball uh, we could care less that's LeBron James trying to uh, answer a question and talk about the president without using the word Donald or the word Trump you can see him pause there or hear him pause there a couple times work his way around it it seems like these games are going to be uh, politicized no matter what PK there was a full slate of games to talk about but there's the topic
3: That may be a topic for somebody else. It's not a topic for me. I love the uh, Laker game with Oklahoma City. Yeah, Lakers. And that's exactly why I don't think the Lakers are going to win the title.
2: Lakers got beat by the Thunder 105 86, and the Thunder led that the whole way. They got a, uh, they jumped on them early and never let up. Of course, that does bring up where the Jazz is going to finish because if the Thunder and the Rockets keep going the way they are, 4-5-6, really not very clear right now, which really doesn't leave you any clarity as far as uh, who you're going to match up with in the playoffs.
3: Good. That means it's tight. Even more intriguing.
2: There are high-scoring games, and then there's what the Celtics did. 149-115 to to the Nets. Uh, we're seeing bigger numbers in the NBA, but the number one forty nine—that's the kind of thing you got to see and you got to double check and see—is is that a typo? That is a massive number.
3: Yeah, the Nets aren't any good.
2: And elsewhere in the West, the Jazz next opponent, the Spurs, got beat by the Denver Nuggets, one thirty-two to one twenty-six. Michael Porter Jr. another big game, thirty points, fifteen rebounds. Got called out by his coach, said, Coach, you can trust me. And he has come back with two enormous games in a row now. How long can he sustain this for? Because he was a high pick. He was supposed to be all that, but he was injured in college. He was injured in the pros. And you get hurt, you're kind of off the radar, but he's put himself back on the radar with these numbers.
3: Yeah, what's a high pick? I think it
2: was middle of the first round, wasn't it? Yes, but that was because of the injuries. I mean, he was supposed to be... Uh, you know, I don't know, I think he's projected as like top five. But because of the injuries, then that slips, so. But those are...
3: That doesn't matter now.
2: Nope, nope. But it's like they got, if he's going to play like this, then it's like you got a top five talent, even though you got him in the middle of the round, which is how you build really good basketball teams.
3: Well, I mean, we've seen that plenty of times over. Guys who get uh, overlooked for one reason or another. And then they go on and star. And right now, Porter has played two great games. If I'm the Nuggets, i got to be ecstatic about it.
2: Popovich, Greg Popovich praising uh, the Nuggets after the game, saying Porter is a fine young talent, and Jokic is like a reincarnation of Larry Bird. He does everything. He's amazing, and they were great. Keep your eye on the Nuggets, huh, PK?
3: It's your call. No, I think they've been overrated now for a while. Oh, come on.
2: All right, DJ and PK.
0: (laughs) Hashtag NFL.
2: So there are these reports, this is a little odd out of the Vegas Raiders, but hey, if you can't get odd out of the Raiders, who can you get it out of, right? So the Raiders log on to a Zoom call, because that's what everybody does these days, whether it's an interview session or a team meeting or whatever, they log on to a Zoom call. They're supposed to meet with John Gruden. Instead, they're greeted by the special teams coach, Rick Basaccia, who informed the players that Gruden had tested positive for COVID-19 and was in the hospital. The players were taken aback. And then the special teams coach says, yeah, that's not true. The team just wanted to illustrate to the players that anyone at any moment could contract the coronavirus and that every player has to stay ready because the pandemic does not discriminate. A little shock value, a little role-playing right there, PK.
3: I thought it did discriminate. I thought you couldn't go to church, but you could protest. Ooh, little politics there, huh? Yeah, no. yeah I For know. For Mr.
2: You wanted that. to talk sports, you just went to the politics. Tread lightly,
3: PK. <laughs> you got to keep people guessing, though. Keep them on their toes. Okay. Cam At least Newton. I do. I know you
2: wouldn't. Cam Newton was reportedly coddled by the Carolina Panthers to insulate him from criticism after a bad game. The former teammate Kyle Love says he cannot expect that treatment from Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Kyle Love, who played for both teams, both the Patriots and the Panthers, told the Boston Herald, this is just my opinion, but I don't feel like Cam could take the pressure of coaches talking down about his play. If he had a bad game in Carolina, the coaching staff wouldn't say much to him because they may have felt he could be a little frail about it or maybe pout. They never really corrected to the point that Bill used to correct Tom Brady. Bill's going to be Bill, and he's going to let Cam know how he feels no matter what. Everyone's treated equal, and I actually love that about Bill because that let the whole team know you're going to be held accountable.
3: I'm looking forward to the start of games.
2: <laughs> uh, can, is Cam going to get beat up by the coaching staff and pout? All right. One more storyline to watch. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football.
2: Former BYU quarterback, Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian got a raise. He's going to make $2.5 million annually, a figure that has more than nine Power 5 head coaches made in 2019, including Notre Dame's Brian Kelly. So, PK, some schools still have money. Some are facing a major shortfall. But if you have the most money and buy the best team, And why would a guy want to leave to be a head coach if he's going to have to take a pay cut? He may want to be a head coach and take the pay cut, But that might uh, help Alabama have a few more advantages. Money can be a major advantage. Who knew?
3: Yeah, why would you assume that he would have to take a pay cut to be a head coach, though?
2: Well, when you start, uh, it depends on which school he's going to, but when you're getting paid more than nine Power 5 coaches, and I think we're going to see salaries, uh, you know, take a hit going forward for a year or two. I mean, he obviously just got a raise.
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting if we see salaries take a hit to the top level guys, lower level folk. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to start angling to see who's going to replace Saban because he's 70, uh, 69 years old.
2: Stay so ready. How you long never does know. Want
3: to do this? So yeah, ready? yeah. You know, I mean, who, who knows what? I don't have no idea how long uh, Nick Saban wants to do it. I mean, he looks like he's in good health, but. We've seen with retirements, it may just come upon you that, okay, I've had enough, this is it, last season. I mean, like Lavelle Edwards, he going in, uh, people had told me that that would be his last season. Uh, the, the coach at Dixie, who I knew pretty well, had told me earlier in the summer, this is it. Out had a deference to Lavelle Edwards, you know, let him make the announcement, but it was something that, you know, he hadn't talked about, hadn't talked about, boom, he's going to retire. So... Maybe Sarkeesian could angle to be the coach at Alabama, which would be an enormous pressure-packed job, but it also would be an extremely attractive job, sort of like when Urban Meyer left. Same type of deal, but at the same time, Ohio State's really rolling, so basically what you have to do is not screw it up, and you could still be really competitive. So that would be interesting to see if Saban, I mean, who knows? Saban might want to coach five more years. I wouldn't put it past him if that's what he wants to do and he's got his health and it's it's desire for the job. Great. Way to go. I would love to see it if that's what he wants. But it would be interesting to see how it plays out and who is the next head coach there.
2: Well, while Sarkeesian's getting a raise and staying put... There are teams that are schools that are struggling financially. The Pac-12 is going to establish a one billion dollar loan program to help cash-strapped athletic departments weather the COVID-19 pandemic. Loans are going to be repayable over ten years. Each each university could access as much as eighty-three million dollars. We know some of the some of the schools with that with. uh, financial problems have been at the lower end of the league for a long time, or have had uh, major rebuilds with facilities. Obviously, you know, Cal's a team that, uh, or school that has uh, redone their football stadium and and taken on a huge amount of debt there. And uh, Arizona, Washington State, Oregon State have been, uh, going back to the Pac-10 era, have been the schools that people typically identify as having less money. So... You kind of have an idea where this might go, but I I wonder schools like Stanford and UCLA, as we see them playing in front of almost nobody last year, and now if they play this year, they're going to play in front of nobody, how far are those schools away from needing a little bit of help? Uh, I don't know. Formal discussions between the leaders from the Pac-12's Hashtag We Are United campaign and representatives of the conference could begin as soon as today. Commissioner Larry Scott will be involved. Arizona State A.D. Ray Anderson. Utah A.D. Mark Harlan expected to be on the call with student-athlete leaders. Mark Harlan right in the middle of it, PK. You know, when you follow Chris Hill, it takes something. You know, a lot of things were in place. A lot of good people were hired. A lot of facilities had been built. It takes a while to, you know, put your own stamp on things. But you get a new issue like this, and you get to help put your own stamp on things.
3: Yeah, I just wonder, is it cosmetic? What stamp is going to be put on this?
2: He's also on that oversight committee that kind of proposes things to the NCAA, so that might help in that regard. And the final college football playoff rankings are going to be released December 20th instead of December 6th, reflecting the fact that The leagues are all rescheduling their championship games for the 12th or the 19th, so the 20th seems like the logical date. Semis this year, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. The championship game scheduled for Miami on January 11th. At least, that's where it is currently for being flexible in all things this year. All right, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball.
1: Jansen set the pitch. Line drive to left field caught by Taylor tagging is Grisham on his way home and he is out at the plate and that's the way the game ends what a throw by Chris Taylor Grisham gunned down at the plate and the Dodgers hang on to beat the Padres seven to six what a finish Jack Peterson goes deep twice
2: They get the out at the plate. The Dodgers get the win. They are uh, virtually tied with the Rockies, just percentage points back for the top spot in the West. That was a good series for the Dodgers. They got pushed a little bit, and they responded, PK.
3: Uh, Sure, yeah, without Wookiee Betts. Uh, Yeah, that was nice. Chris Taylor's a jack-of-all-trades for the Dodgers. He can play middle infield positions. He can play the outfield position. Obviously, he's playing left field there. They... Registered that throw at 93.3, I think. And it was a great play, great game, a very entertaining game. Bringing the heat. And the uh, the Dodgers
2: leave San Diego taking two out of three in that series. Uh, elsewhere in Major League Baseball, your Diamondbacks 14-7 and Cole Calhoun and inside the park, Homer. They take down the Astros.
3: I was watching that game, yeah, it hit the right field. And there's a little area in right field in the Phoenix Stadium where instead of uh, facing home plate first base, it actually faces towards right center and that thing hit and then just shot all the way down the warning track towards center field. You knew as soon as it, it, and it didn't just roll. I mean, it was like it was a hard grounder. And you thought, oh, wow, we're going to see an Inside the Park home run. Remember yesterday I told you that it was my father's birthday? Yep. Well, I have had a moment that I've actually regretted now for a good long time. I must have been about 10 years old. And I remember talking with my father, and he said the triple is the most exciting play in baseball. And I said, Dad, I think I'm going to go with Inside the Park home run. And I one-upped him, and all these years later I felt bad about it.
2: I think I would tell you to let that go, but uh, I don't think you're going to, so I don't know why I would bother telling you to let that go. <laughs> you're not going to listen to me anyway.
3: Yeah, it's. I, I shouldn't have. I knew I had him, but why put it in his face like that after all he had done for me and was going to do? Well, I guess and it depends I, I on the... I feel bad all these years. I should have just said, yeah, you're right.
2: I guess it depends on the tone of discussion. That could just be a fun sports discussion or whatever, and... Yeah, but you, you know my tone. When do I ever have a fun sports discussion? <laughs> that's possibly true. And that's why I wasn't going to bring it up, and I was going to let you just continue to beat yourself up. I don't, I don't think it's that big a deal, but okay, I wasn't there. Maybe it was.
3: Longest win streak in the major. It you know was weird about that ball game. What? what? Hold on a second. What was weird about that ball game was that uh, the Diamondbacks—they had nine hits. They hadn't had nine hits in one game all season. Any two games, they hadn't scored nine runs total. It was like you know how we waited, waited, waited. You got to break out. It's like the, jazz the ball shooting, well. Yeah, well, three. Yeah. The law of numbers really does come to pass.
2: (laughs) The law of numbers. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that means anything to the rest of you, but PK and I get a chuckle out of that. It's just something Matt Harper said in a broadcast once. He was probably going for law of averages, but law of numbers. So now we use that routinely. Uh, the longest win streaks in the Major League, six games now for the Cubs in the National League, the Twins in the American League. They're also tied for the best record in baseball. They're both 10-2. and two. Hugh Darvish pitching the Cubs past the Royals, 6-1. Flukish hot start or this is the real deal? And, of course, it's a weird season, you know, you're... You're, you're, we're already getting, what, almost a quarter of the way through the season here. But hot start or real deal for both these teams? Now with the Yankees losing their 9-2, and two, they had had the best record in baseball. but
3: Well, percentage-wise, the Cubs might clinch a playoff berth by Mother's Day. <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. Mother's Day's in the rearview mirror. Maybe they clinch by Labor Day. I know, but
3: whatever the percentage is. Yeah. Eh... Yeah, but there's only a month left after then. That seems too late. That division is sucking, and the Cardinals haven't played a lot of games.
2: But Milwaukee's four and five, and Cincinnati's five and seven, and the Pirates are horrific two and ten. And then you got St. Louis. They just haven't played that many games. They're two and three. So everybody's under five hundred. Everybody's four and a half games or more behind the Cubbies already. DJ and PK. golf. First major championship of the year. The PGA used to be in August and it was the last. This year it's in August and it's the first even though it's not supposed to be in August anymore but hey this year's unusual. TPC, Harding Park, San Francisco, Brooks Kepka, defending champ. What are you looking for PK? Storylines. Low scores.
3: <laughs> Guys are going oh, low? man, you never really know. I don't, yeah, well you assume they're going to go fairly low because they're really, really good at what they do. They're the elite of the elite. So you, you can't you can't predict it. I mean, golf now is the most unpredictable sport, particularly when a major, when all the focus is on it. And this year, too, being unusual. San Francisco, I was watching something yesterday, and they were interviewing Tiger. And it's talking about, and you can relate to this because you've been in the area. You know, he's from Southern California. He goes up to Stanford to go to college. And yeah, it's beautiful there. It's just spectacular. Well, then he goes up a little more into the Bay Area and he says, "Yeah, man, I go it'd be like 80 degrees where I was living and then I go up there and it's 50 degrees yep. and they were talking about him playing and get trying to get loose." And he said, "You know, it is just damn cold here." And so, well, how will that play? And now he's always a storyline. I hope he's competitive because it's good for golf. And then you got the young bucks and uh, you got guys in between Phil Mickelson had a nice run last week. Can he continue it? Is he capable of doing that? You pick a storyline, and the answer is yes. Uh, it could possibly be a storyline. Now, it may not be a storyline. I don't know, but that's the craziness of this sport. Who gets hot? Nobody's going to get hot climate-wise, but who can get hot during uh, four days? Tony Finau is, you know, we know for him locally, he's been in a bunch of Tournaments for the first couple days, even into Sunday. Does he pull it off here? So, yeah, pick a storyline, and it potentially could be one.
2: Harding Park, a muni fit for a major. There's all kinds of uh, stories being written written about this course, and one of them is about the size of the, you know, golfers like to joke if you put it through a tree, well, the trees are 90% air. They have some trees there with these massive trunks, and I've seen a couple of previews written, with. you know, golfers walking by these trees, and these trees just dwarfing people, so accuracy off the tee could be a key here, because sometimes, you know, you can bend it around a tree, hit it over a tree, but some of these trees are, uh, are just massive, and you just can't fool around with them, so We'll talk with Bob Casper about that coming up. Eight o'clock. He's gonna check in and we'll look ahead to the PGA championship. Craig Bollerjacks gonna be here at 8 30, talk about the Jazz win. Look ahead to back to back games Friday and Saturday. And Joe Ingles at nine o'clock. Joe had a big game and they get a win right before he comes on. I was used to request that of him, and months later he's back at it, PK.
3: Yeah, that really is good. I mean, all of us thought the same thing. All right, they're gonna win, and Joe's gonna play well. He's gonna be in a great mood tomorrow.
2: <laughs> Joe's coming up at 9 What is Trending It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing Receive a free reverse osmosis system With the purchase of any water softener At Shamrock Plumbing 801-295-1690 That's Shamrock Plumbing Alright, coming up next We can look back at that jazz win What'd you learn? What'd you figure out? What does it mean going forward? We will get to all of that next Stay with us, DJ and PK It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone
0: big show it's a big deal with gordon monson and jake scott i can only stand so much of you guys insulting the beatles again we
2: spent 10 percent of the time ripping on the beatles that you spent talking about aliens yesterday
0: i learned my lesson i will never bring up aliens
2: on this show ever again oh you promise an
1: audio if you do okay Speaking of that, what was
2: that 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver? The one with the, the mouths coming out of the mouth. I don't know, is it? Oh, it?
0: Alien?
1: Yes! My win! Oh, you
0: see? No way. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history, and I hate you guys. Just trim out that last part. Gordon, thank you for being a good sport and paying up. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. So the Utah Jazz get the victory, the Utah Jazz shoot the ball well, and people feel much better. Well, some people do, PK. PK. I do. Questions up on Facebook about time for the Jazz on the shooting, huh? Ben says, we needed that win. We got it. It was a crazy high-scoring game. Let's get a streak going. I don't think it was a crazy high-scoring game. I think that's the new normal in the NBA. I think you got to get to 110 if you want to win. I know first team to 100 and blah, 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 but there's way more three-pointers. It seems like the, the pace is sped up. I think 110 is the number you usually have to shoot for to win. I don't think that was crazy high scoring. Okay. 124-115 with the fouling at the end. It got a little on the high end, but that's – I mean, Denver beat San Antonio 132-126, and Boston 149-115, so I don't know. Not necessarily crazy. If anything, that the low-scoring game is uh, – You know, the Lakers getting stuck on 86. How did that happen? But we digress. It's not the Jazz
3: problem right now. Well, yeah, I don't care what they do. Just score one more point than the other guy.
2: Alex, over the years, I've noticed Joe's numbers are up and down a lot from game to game. If he could just be more constant, it would really help our team out. Isn't that the definition of, uh, of a role guy, though? I mean, he's not going to average 20.
3: Right, but three versus 25, is there's a wide variance there. So find some better form of consistency recognizing that you're a role guy. But with him, if I'm going to ask him, you know, how come he doesn't shoot more? I'm sure he'll have a very insightful answer
0: because
3: <laughs> we've only been asking him that for six years. I mean, that's why Why were the shots there? Because it's, it's, it's pointless to implore him to shoot more because it's just not going to work. I mean, he's not going to do it. But why do you take more shots some games than the others? Now, he'll say, well, because they were there that game and they weren't there the other game. Well, is there a way that they can be there more frequently? But I think the bigger thing with the Jazz now is that Teams have formulas to win. Each team could be different. There could be some teams where the formulas basically looks the same, but each team has its own formula. And watching that game yesterday afternoon, you know, it's apparent to me that they needs they need contributions from those six guys. The pressure is on those six guys, the starting five, and obviously Clarkson, that they all have to play. Well enough to give them a shot to win unless somebody really goes off. Now, Joe went off, but 25 in the grand scheme of things is not going off. It's going off for him, but it's not Anthony Davis, 42. And I don't know that they have a player who's capable of going for the 40s. Maybe Mitchell could get there. But he had a very average game. But it was fine. They didn't need him to have anything more than that. So you look at it. Like for the Lakers, I mean, the the formula for them to win is to, like we were talking about the other day, is to have their two big studs go for at least 60. Well, yesterday they came nowhere near going for 60. And as you said earlier, Oklahoma City controlled that game from start to finish, basically. The lead wasn't as dominant as it was against the Jazz on Saturday, but it was – pretty much the whole game as I watched it, that they were in control because the Lakers need those two dudes, those two studs at the top to have big-time games. That's why I'm not picking them to win at all because I think there's too much pressure on both of these guys. Now, maybe they can do it 16 times in the postseason, but I don't think they can. We'll see how it plays out. Well, with the Jazz, they need balanced scoring because they don't really have somebody who's going to be able to go for 40, 45 on a given night. Maybe Mitchell's the guy. Maybe he can do it. But I don't think he can do it consistently right now or anything close to that. I think, you know, if he can get to 30, that's probably where he is at top end. So they need those six guys to score. And that's exactly what we saw against Memphis. That is their formula for winning.
2: Six guys. Everybody had at least 14 points. Clarkson had 14 in his 23 minutes off the bench. He doesn't play as much as the starting five. Uh, I guess the thing that would be unusual in that game is that Donovan didn't have his twenty-five. He had eighteen, so it seemed like he was a little off. You know, the shooting percentage. The three for seven from three was okay. Seven for eighteen, you know, eighteen points on eighteen shots. That's not that. Uh, that's not him dominating the game. But how often are you yeah. going to see three other guys over twenty points? You know, the the big picture, what the six looked like, but for. Conley, Gobert, and Ingles to all be over 20. I think of the three, the guy I trust most to do that now is Conley because he's basically averaging 20 points a game in the bubble. And he's basically shooting the ball in the bubble the way he shot it in the last 12 or 13 games before the season stopped. The difference is he's getting more shots now because bogey isn't there.
3: Right. Yes, most definitely. That's obvious. So I would agree with you on that 100%.
2: Gobert seems to be more 15-point, you know, I would think he'd be more likely to score 15 than 21. He does have these games. It's not that off the charts for him. But, you know, it, it depends on how he's defended and who he's defended by. And, you know, coming off that Laker game where they are just, you know, they got, they got a lot of size and a lot of athletic ability. He's, he's going to get more shots. He's going to score more points. So it, it it was there for him. A couple were off the scramble. A couple one was off a scramble. A turnover in the backcourt, I think. And he got an off a couple offensive rebounds. So he got a couple more shots on that possession. But still, you know, the the Grizzlies just don't have the front line size of the Lakers. So he's not going to have a sixteen point game like he had against the Lakers. You know, he's he's got a better chance to go for twenty one.
3: Well, yeah, especially with JJJR out, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. That's fun to say. He Keep has saying some size. Keep saying it and. Try to say it fast five times. Yeah, I don't go. think
2: I don't think I can. Come on, try it.
3: Just give it a shot. Jaren
2: Jackson Jr. Jaren Jackson Jr. Jaren Jackson Jr. Jaren Jackson Jr. Jaren Jackson Jr. Winner, winner. Thank no, you.
3: I, want, I just I want, J-J-J-R, J-J-J-R, yeah, J-J-R, did we want oh, J-J-R, Didn't we want J J J R? Come on, that's no. I didn't more want difficult. his full name. I mean, the more syllables, the easier it is because you can JJJR. J-J-J-R J-J-J-J-R, no.
2: J-J-J-J-R, 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 J-J-J-J-R. Wow, I feel like I'm stuck on repeat. I mean.
3: That you really bad. didn't get, to, it didn't start to stumble a little bit until the fifth one. That, that was decent.
2: Well, I'm not it doing it like again. That. That's enough of that.
3: No, you shouldn't. I mean, no, you, you let your record speak for itself, man. <laughs> you got it done in the first take. You don't need a second take. I'm with you. DJ, one take wonder. Thank you
2: very much. The crew can now go to dinner. That's the key. Don't bust a bunch of takes or trying to get out uh, of it. For
3: me, I do a tease. It takes me 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily, but there are weeks. <laughs> so this is the formula for the jazz and if they're going to have success this is probably what they're going to have to do now the formula within the formula within the formula can vary a little bit because you know you don't necessarily have three guys over 20 but you have mitchell with 28 as opposed to what do you have 19 18 Uh, so 18 is that what it was yeah so there's variance within the formula but I think going forward now, this is what they have to have, uh, and for for the short term this year, and then they'll work on stuff for next year uh, to try to get better and to get deeper and all that type of thing that they need. But for here, this is what it is, and then you know it, it's it's important. Uh, I su- I suspect they could win tomorrow, but then Saturday, you know Denver, and I and I've been I joke that they're overrated, which is obviously the exact opposite of what I've been saying now for well, for months. Even going I mean we didn't play for months, we understand that, but I thought I said it most of the winter that I just keep an eye out for Denver. I don't I don't think they're getting the national respect. So I think the Jazz obviously have proven that they can beat these lesser teams, but now let's prove what you can do against a better team. Because obviously in a postseason, you're not gonna get lesser teams. You And certainly in the West, you know, I don't care about the East. But in the West, the teams that are going to make the playoffs, they're all going to be pretty good, particularly if you got Portland sitting down there at number eight. And this Portland team is not even close to the Portland team that we saw most of the season because of injuries. So the point being that you're going to face a good team no matter who you face. So I'm not really sweating the seating because you are going to face a good team either way. What difference does it make? You might match up better against this team versus that team but fine, okay, maybe you got me there. But the point, the, the better, bigger point is they're going to face a quality team no matter who it is.
2: Probably the Rockets or the Thunder, but there is a chance if they drop to six, they'll get the third-place team. And right now the Nuggets are third, but only a half game behind the Clippers. So if you stay in a 4-5 series, you probably get the Thunder or the Rockets. And the Jazz are only a half game in front of those two teams. If they drop, then they get the Nuggets or the Clippers. They're not getting the Mavericks. The scenarios where that would happen are out the window. It's, it's not going to happen.
3: Okay, and going along what you just said – do you see any difference in any of those teams?
2: What I see are four really good teams. <laughs> I mean, yes, there are differences because they're built a little different. But I would think of the yeah, four; it would be yeah, okay. easiest Individually. to say, right, the, of the four, I think it would be easiest to say, well, the Thunder are the quote unquote worst. They're still very good, but they're the worst of those four. I don't
3: think they are. Well, okay, they who knows just, who is?
2: Even if they are the worst, they just. Beat the snot out of the Jazz. I mean, did you watch that game? I know you did. It's rhetorical. They thrashed them. So to say there's the easy matchup, oh, is the team that just torched us. There's nothing easy about no. this. You know, I guess. In there,
3: fact, without Bogdanovich, I would go ahead. The the
2: you know the people you're warning about the Nuggets. Let's say there's some people are like, well, the Nuggets. That's the best matchup. They're the easiest. Okay, well, the Jazz are zero two against them. So there's there's nothing easy. You're not, you're not going to backdoor anything. Not even in the first round. Maybe the Lakers will backdoor an easy series in the first round. You know, now if it is Portland and Portland's nine, and if they hold that and win that two game series, you know they're way healthier, so they're better than their record. So even the Lakers may not get a first round pass. If they get the Grizzlies, you know, they ought to roll right through that. Everybody else gets a tough 1st Yeah, round I don't series. think they are.
3: Right. Right, and I can argue strongly, and I think Vegas will back this up, that whoever the Jazz get, they'll be the underdog. Yes. They'll not be the favorite. Agreed. So it doesn't matter who they're going to play. I, I don't even, I haven't looked at the standings. Now, a lot of times when you're watching the game, particularly the ESPN game, put them uh, up. the national feed, they put them up so you can't help but see them. And even our guys put them up sometimes too. And so it's a discussion point because you want to know who you're going to play. But in terms of the competition, it, to me, it doesn't matter. It's going to be very difficult for this team to get out of the first round Uh going forward here unless I see in the next four games that they really turn it on. And maybe if if they go uh, 4-0 because they've played 4 now, if they go 4-0, then I might feel different. I don't anticipate them going 4-0. We'll have to see how it plays out. But if they did, maybe I'll feel different. They're going to have to get contributions from these six guys every single time. I don't even know that one of these six guys could have an off game. I guess... Maybe Mitchell could have an off game because his off game relative to what he's capable of doing on his on games, his off game is usually still halfway decent, like yesterday. okay, He wasn't the star Donovan Mitchell that we've seen many times over, but it's not like he was dragging him down. So maybe he can afford to be a little off. But the only way he can be a little off is if somebody else picks it up, and obviously Ingles – picked it up and you could say go bear picked it up too the other guys did what i think they're capable of doing i mean clarkson did what he did and that's normally what you expect out of him and o'neill had his contributions too he's not a high volume shooter he's just got to be able to make uh, the most of his opportunities that he gets so the margin of error for this team as steve cleveland said on monday when we had him on i think it was dead on it's just not very big man they they've got they've got a cohesive six guys and those six guys better do it. If you can get anything out of anybody else, uh, consider it. I don't want to say a bonus because that's too strong. Because I think Tony Bradley actually in his limited role has done well. He just doesn't have a big role, but the role that he has, uh, I don't expect him to just be a stiff anymore. I expect him. I expect the backup center to get you something. You know, it's not a Derek Favors caliber player, but tony bradley in his limited role has been representative for what representative for what they're asking him to do The yang still waiting for him to get hot
2: he's the guy who still is getting enough minutes that if he made some shots could really you know give the attack a little oomph for lack of a more technical term playing 17 minutes he got five shots because what we're seeing is quinn snyder is tightening up the lineup and the starters are playing bigger minutes. So those guys are going to have to do it because they're going to be the guys on the floor. Every, all of the starters played at least 34 minutes, 34 to 38. Donovan played 38 minutes. And in the playoffs, if that went a couple minutes higher, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, If we're sitting here and saying, well, everybody played 36 minutes, it wouldn't shock me. Clarkson got 23 minutes off the bench. Bradley, in his limited role you talk about, he played 11. So it, it, they're not, unless... They have to, and their hand is forced. I don't think we're going to see much more of Bradley and Gobert together. You play a little of it, so it's not completely foreign if you have to. But if you're playing that in a game, it's because the other teams dictated it, and you have to. If you don't, you're going to get crushed. You're know, you absolutely forced into it. And Gobert's going to play big minutes, so Bradley just isn't going to play more than 10, 10 to 12 minutes. That's just going to be it. Unless Gobert gets in foul yeah. trouble or gets hurt. Right. You know, if, if Gobert can do his 36, 37, 38 minutes, he's going to. So you're right. Bradley only took two shots. He made them both. He grabbed three rebounds in 11 minutes. Uh, how much more are you really expecting out of him? You know, if he, if, he has a, if he has an 8.5 rebound game, how much more are you expecting out of somebody in 10 or 12 minutes? Because he's not playing more than that. So it's Niang. Niang's the wild card there. X-Factor, he was one for five. You know, If he comes in and has a three for five or a four for five at some point, that'll be a big boost. Uh, we saw that out of him in the regular season. He could do that, when, but now that it's been in the bubble in Florida, he hasn't produced anything close to that. There's been a lot of games that look like this one. No. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Uh, coming up. Got a uh, question up here on Facebook. It's getting quite a bit of reaction, so we'll get to this. What does an ideal BYU football schedule look like? Uh, conferences are making their plans. What do you think it ought to look like? We got a lot of suggestions here from people. I think you and Aggie fans are trying to be very helpful, so that's good. Thanks for that, guys. Way to, way to help out. We'll get to your comedy next, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. <laughs>
0: Jazz are back. Catch it, two, three. Ow! And this is your Jazz Game Preview. Presented by University of Utah Health.
1: The Utah Jazz moved to two and two in seeding games with a 124-115 win over the Memphis Grizzlies behind balanced scoring led by Joe Ingles, 25. On Friday at 11 o'clock, the Jazz will play another early one, this one against the San Antonio Spurs, and the NBA may have found a magic formula. The 8-9 play-in game makes this a mammoth game for the San Antonio Spurs as Memphis continues to fade. Jazz and the Spurs, 11 o'clock tip-off right here on 1280 The Zone.
0: This Jazz Game Preview is presented by University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad. Receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Now that the conferences are setting on their, getting set on their number of games for this season, what's an ideal BYU schedule look like? That is the one of the multiple questions of the morning. The Mountain West coming out, 8 plus 2. So, PK, if the Big 12 games don't work out then the Mountain West games are there as a fallback. Can't completely rule out ESPN brokering a game with the ACC team. If that works, great. But if the first three games are some combination of Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State, that seems like the best-case scenario right now. Ideal BYU schedule? Give me three of those four Big 12 teams. I'm ruling out
3: and the. And then what's the rest? ruling
2: uh Yeah, I think the six games they've got right now, and I don't think anybody's playing more than ten games this year. It doesn't seem like, you know, I don't. I guess ideal you could say they play twelve, but I'm, I'm kind of dismissing that because literally nobody seems to be doing that. I mean, the Sun Belt is saying you can play eight plus four. Well, we'll see if they can find that many games. But the ACC is at eleven. The SEC, the Big Ten. The Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Mountain West are all looking at 10 games. So at this point, I'm figuring if you play the six you got, although Yach has been saying the Northern Illinois game, Northern Illinois game might not happen for BYU, the MAC might go conference only. So in that case, BYU's got to find five games. Um, get, to, to, me, to me, a 10-game schedule seems ideal now.
3: Okay, and are we sure that Boise and San Diego State are going to keep the Cougars?
2: Uh, I have nothing to go on but gut instinct. I haven't been told anything, but I would think that Boise State is more likely than San Diego State. I just don't, I don't have a good feel that the people I know who live in California can't believe that college and pro teams are going to be playing sports in California now the baseball teams are going and they haven't had issues so I don't want to rule it out but uh, you know we have Yogi Roth on and I mean he just didn't seem all that positive about when USC and UCLA could start working out so I guess I would have more doubts about San Diego State than Boise State
3: So you you are questioning if any team in California is even going to play football
2: No, I think teams in California are going to play football. But if you ask me which one, but I don't know when they're going to start, and I don't know how many games they're going to be able to get in. I I think that they're going to play. But I think when you see the Pac-12 schedule built and they put USC-UCLA as the opener, they're doing that because they know full well they may have to move it to the bye week or the end of the season. And they don't want to hold up other people because other people
3: are more likely to be able to play. All right, then, but uh, week two, three, four, five, six, and so on.
2: Right now, San Diego State and BYU are set for later in the season. So, but I, but I don't know. Right. I was asking I Scott that. yesterday, and I didn't have very long to talk to him. I was asking him, I said, you know, is the Mountain West going to reset the schedule um, the way the Big Ten and the Pac 12 have, right? And I think the way the SEC is going to. And, you know, he, he kind of hedged on that. He didn't want to guarantee me either way. But it made me think that they're definitely looking at that. And, and to a certain degree, the leagues need to do that. They need to say, hey, we want to get the conference games in so we can crown a conference champ. So if they have to move them around, it seems like that's going to be the first priority.
3: I, okay, fine. But as far as the Pac-12... If that's what they're going to do with move, they've already done it. Obviously, they've set the schedule. But if, if SC and their cross-down rival, the Bruins, have hard times playing, not just against each other, how about the other teams? What do you think about that? That's what I'm asking.
0: Yeah,
2: well, that's why when we were talking about this the other day and, and you were saying, you know, what do you think the percentage odds are? And I told you, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but the first number that popped in my mind was 20. And then when I started to second-guess myself, you know, do you go higher, do you go lower, I thought 10. And I think that partly you got to set the numbers based on what do you consider the season to be, and I have considered that at the quote-unquote end of the year, somebody may have played eight games in the Pac-12 and somebody may have played 10. You know, are they going to delay games and not be able to reschedule them all? Seems like we ought to be open to that possibility. I mean, uh, to sit here now and say on uh, August 6th that I know for sure what's going to happen in October and November, that seems like a crazy, ridiculous thing to do. Well, I guess in December, too, since they're going to reschedule a couple games in there.
3: I don't understand. If they can play eight, how can they not play 10 to me that doesn't make any sense either you're going to play 10 or you're going to play zero
2: because a team has an outbreak at some point because somebody went and played video games or somebody went to a party and so they lose a couple games and somebody else didn't I mean I think for the same reason the Cardinals have played five games right now when a lot of major league teams have played 12 that's why I think that could happen
3: okay uh, except that's not particular to St. Louis Missouri that's what I don't understand. Why did you single out UC Los Angeles and SC? That's what I don't understand. Because those somebody went because to if a party, you could, somebody yeah, That you, could be anywhere.
2: That Why are singling out California? That could be anywhere because California has outbreaks and their governor seems willing to shut stuff down. And, you know, compared to Utah and Arizona, well, I think Arizona may be past the worst of it. Maybe they'll be. I don't know. I don't know. Utah seems more willing to push forward. Well, they
3: have a they they have a Republican they have a Republican governor, and California has a Democrat governor.
2: Most of the conference has Democratic governors, right? Arizona and Utah be the only three schools. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah be the only three. I have no clue. Playing under Republican governors, I think. I
3: couldn't tell you. I have no idea who's in Colorado or Washington or Oregon, nor do I care.
2: So what's your ideal schedule look like for BYU?
3: Whatever they can get, really, when you boil it down. Whatever's available to them, uh, whatever they can do, is the most ideal. Not in what, no, no, let me backtrack that. Is the most practical, whatever, they're, whatever Tom Homo can conjure up, I'm going to be good with it under the circumstances. Though I take away the word ideal, whatever he can put together, that's what they go with.
2: Yes, I'm, I'm with you on that. But then, you know, ideal, you know, I mean, Tom's got plan A, B, C, and D, and he'd probably tell us he has E, F, G, and H, and he's already scratched off A, B, and C. So as he just works through them, what's the best possibility left? Uh, we, we got one guy here who's saying well, – you,
3: you, go ahead. You keep the Mountain West. Well, you keep the games that you have, you know, and the other ones that you already have. So you say you got six. So those other four, whatever schools you can get, preferably out of the Big 12. If you can get four, consider it a slam dunk home run. The mixed sport metaphors.
2: (laughs) Slam dunk home run. Uh, Jeff says, hey, UConn's (laughs) remaining opponents have to play somebody. Uh, And I guess that's the thing is that there's just as this happens – on any given day, Tom could have a reset of more schools he might be able to call. There you go. Yes. So it, you know, there's always another. You know, there's always another wrinkle out there to account for. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. Time to draft the favorites for the PGA Championship. Bob Casper will join us to talk about Harding Park. They're teeing off. The first groups are going right now. We'll talk with Bob next. Stay with us.